the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This on-demand presentation from Talk910.com. This is Rob Black. Hear the Rob Black Show every weekday from 10 to noon Pacific Time on 910 AM. More stimulating talk. San Francisco. Thanks for your support. Enjoy the show. Here's a great New Year's resolution. Work smarter in 2010. Use GoToMeeting and meet clients and colleagues online. With GoToMeeting brought to you by Citrix, you can save time and money by holding meetings online. Instead of driving or flying to meet in person, use GoToMeeting to conduct sales presentations, product demos, training sessions right from your desk. Stay productive, be efficient, and avoid the hassle of unnecessary travel. We use GoToMeeting all the time. Can't remember how we did business without it. You can try GoToMeeting free for 30 days. But you must visit GoToMeeting.com slash K-N-E-W. That's GoToMeeting.com slash K-N-E-W for a free 30-day trial. This is the new generation of talk radio in the Bay Area. This is K-N-E-W, AM and HD, Oakland, San Francisco, San Jose. Now, your money, your life. It's Rob Black. Somehow this segment I want to talk about Taco Bell. I want to talk about real estate investment trust. And I want to talk about, finally, the Xbox. I think that Xbox story needs a little bit more color. In large part, I've hit it a little bit, but there's more to it. Press release this morning came out, and this is a game changer. I mean, it's one of the themes of my show. It truly is. Executive is a microbox. Micro now I'm mer- merging Microsoft and Xbox together. Executives at Microsoft, they're fond of saying that its subscription gaming service, Xbox Live, should be thought of as a cable channel. They want Xbox to be seen not merely as a gaming machine for teenagers, but as a media portal for parents and grandparents. Now, the company is even producing shows for users. It is in the middle of the second season of One vs. 100, which is an interactive version of a game show that was on NBC. Now, the content ambitions over at Microsoft don't end there. They've held in-depth talks with Walt Disney about programming deal with ESPN. Um, No one's talking about deals yet. No one's talking about, you know, the data. But what would happen is for a per-subscriber fee, ESPN could provide live streams of sporting events similar to the ones available on ESPN 360. Now, that service is available from some high-speed internet providers. Now, Microsoft could also create some interactive games in association with ESPN. So, I don't know if you've ever played QB1, but QB1 is one of those games where you can play with other Americans, other Canadians, other Californians, nationwide, however you want to play it. And when you see the San Francisco 49ers play, if you know you think Montana is going to roll left and do a, a long pass, you'd say pass long left, things along those lines. If you're right, you get points, you can win prizes, you can, you know, be the champion of the nation. Anyway, the Sony PlayStation is out there, too. And right now on the Sony PlayStation, you can jump into the BBC. You can see their shows, you can see Weather Channel updates, 
you can stream Netflix. Netflix extended its service last week to the Nintendo Wii as well. So Xbox has 20 million connected living rooms. When you start looking at it, that's like a cable network. No, 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 no. That's like a cable company. How many homes do they penetrate into? Once again, he said the word penetrate. So for the big guys, it's about extending value of that hardware. For the Microsoft Xbox or the Sony PlayStation, it's about saying we're not just a gaming angle. Nearly 60% of American homes now have at least one console. 60% of American homes have at least one console? Up from 44% three years ago. The devices are hooked into TVs. They've got broadband connections. There's more and more opportunities to license movies and TVs. And these are high-end hardware. I Do you remember the story at one point in time that Saddam Hussein was buying Xboxes or PlayStation 3, PlayStation 2s to build a nuclear computer? Like he would be able to figure out how to launch nuclear codes and probabilities and crap like that. Anyway, Microsoft said this month that it has sold 39 million Xbox consoles around the world. About half sign into Xbox Live each month. 20 million. Company does not specify how many members pay for access to premium services like Netflix. Um, but I do know people. There was a great article in the New York Times a couple months ago about a couple who said, you know what? We're going to try to live with no cable. And one of the things that they did was they hooked up their Xbox and they did a subscription to Netflix. Now, I have Netflix. You'd have to pry it from my cold, dead body. I don't know why, because also I have Comcast and I don't mind ordering digital movies. It's, it's odd. It's odd. I like them both. Now, the comparisons are crude because a lot of Xbox Live users are playing games rather than watching video. No third-party measurement exists to see if, you know, watching TV shows and things like that would be positive. So, for instance, there's, there's kind of what's referred to as a concurrent user. So, TBS and Cartoon Network, they reach about 1 million viewers at any given time. But while you're watching the Cartoon Network, you also might be playing a video game. So there's even some concurrent eyeball stories out there. I just bring this up because, again, I think we're consuming our media differently. And for Xbox to even have conversations with Disney, it's telling you that Rob Black is right. And remember I told you Xbox once ran that game called One vs. 100? At one point in time, there was 100,000 concurrent users playing it. That's pretty, pretty cool. And if you remember that defunct NBC show... What it was, was it was one person and a mob of a hundred other players. Members of the audience can watch passively or play along, improving their odds of being picked to play for prizes. Unlike the live action TV show, every player on Xbox is represented by a cartoon avatar. So it's kind of cool, I think. I don't know. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? The death of a legend. The death of a businessman. It always saddens our heart. Glenn W. Bell Jr. dies at age 86. He's going to be buried in a big burrito shell. No, that's not true. When the founder of Lazy Boy died, he was not buried on top of a Lazy Boy. But it's a cool idea. Don't you think we should be buried with something we're associated with? So, it's a pizza-looking taco-tasting pizza. It's a pizza-looking taco-tasting pizza. Let's do pizza from Pizza Hut. So, anyway, Glenn Bell Jr., the innovator and entrepreneur who tapped an unsatiated hunger for Mexican fare as Americans discovered fast food. He created Taco Tia, El Taco, and in 1962, Taco Bell. He's dead. He's 86 years old. He's gone up to the big fiesta in the sky. He had Parkinson's disease since 1985. He changed the eating habits of an entire nation. 
He wrote a book called Taco Titan in 1999. Post-World War II, Americans started to realize they could no longer survive with cheaply produced, quickly delivered hamburgers. The Southern California-born bread bell looked for another simple staple for the masses. And we all know the story about McDonald's and the two boys who basically started a, a great franchise only to sell it to Ray Kroc. Whoops. They messed up. Now, when the whole burger craze started hitting, this dude was smart enough to say, Glenn Bell was smart enough to say, you know what? There's something else that's going to happen. Now, ultimately, he did tostadas. He did burritos. He did frijoles. He did chili burgers. I mean, he changed the way Americans ate. We didn't just have to go to McDonald's and have a burger and fries and a shake. PepsiCo purchased Taco Bell in 1978 for $125 million and eventually spun off the restaurants into Tricon. Tricon is now known as Yum Brands. Yum Brands is Pizza Hut. It's Taco Bell. It's You, you get the idea, right? So it's, it's kind of a multi-pronged strategy. Anyway, Bell developed what he called recipes for success. He had a shtick. So not only did he see an opportunity, but he saw a shtick. They were homilies that he outlined in his biography. He's someone you could learn from. This is a good biography. For instance, you build a business one customer at a time. That's pretty damn true. You find the right product, then you find a way to mass produce it. Another one of his homilies was an innovative product will set you apart. So everyone was copying the burger. Big burger, fat burger, Burger King, Burger Junior, Burger, 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 Burger. Square burger, fresh burger. He's like, taco. He was a voice that was like, what's a taco? Now, for instance, this is going to make no sense to you Californians. On the East Coast, they don't know what burritos are. They don't know what tacos are. He told us what they were. That was the beauty of him. He brought Mexican food east. Now, Glenn Bell Jr. was born in 1923. Construction worker father who sometimes worked, sometimes didn't. So he was poor. Came out of the Depression. Came out of the Depression with five kids. Came out of the Depression eating chickens from an orchard that his mom and dad owned. So they were self-sufficient. He would peddle the eggs and the apples and the flowers to other people. So he learned how to sell. He ultimately goes into the military. So he takes his childhood, everything that he learned. And on top of it, in the military, he started doing fast, not fast food, but he, um, what is it? Military commissary kind of thing. Um, So for, he would mass produce food for a lot of people. It had to be hot. It had to be fresh. It had to be clean. It had to be tidy. He learned how to mass make food. This guy, everywhere he went, he figured it out. He sold tacos and hamburgers. At the age of 30, he started Del Taco. He came up with Taco Tia a couple years later. Later. (laughs) He added Taco Tia's in Riverside and Redlands. He started franchise. One thing that he made a mistake on, he'd come up with three to five restaurants, and then he would sell out. Had he stayed with them, holy. For instance, Del Taco. That's him. Taco Bell, that's him. Taco Tia, that's him. He's like the king of tacos. <coughs> Excuse me. When Taco Bell first hit in 1967 in, in Florida, they were so unfamiliar to Americans in Florida that he had to run advertisements with pictures that would define the menu items, listing ingredients and explaining how to pronounce them. People didn't know how to pronounce them. The company was so successful that he came public. So... One big mistake that he made, he was enamored with Knott's Berry Farm in Disneyland. He tried to do a theme park. It was a massive failure. But other than that, uh, I think uh, Death of an American Legend this week. 
And it's sad. Glenn Bell, founder of Taco Bell, dead at age 86. Off to the big fiesta in the sky. I'm Rob Black. Get your calls in there. It's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. Rob Black Show, 910 AM. More soon than talk. The Glenn Beck Program coming up at 12 noon. Now, Rob Black, 910 AM. More stimulating talk. Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. It is a call-in show, and we've had no calls today. Sad and pathetic, but true. Sad and pathetic, but true. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. I think when there's no calls, that means I take the next day off. I think that's by law. So I'll stay home tomorrow while it's raining. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. There was a good article. How about I just go through a lot of business because I'm feeling like you're you're craving business. I've given you legal. I've given you stories. I've given you insight. Uh, Deutsche Bank. No, let's screw Deutsche Bank. I don't want to talk to them. Sprint Nextel downgraded today to underperform at Berenstein. It's interesting. Sprint Nextel seems to be on, on a little bit of a roller coaster. Palm comes out. Sweet. They got a phone that people want. Uh, they didn't really want the Palm Prix. Stock goes back down. So it's a little bit of roller coaster up, a little bit of roller coaster down. After the Palm Prix comes out, you know, the Google phone, no one had even heard of it. And boom, boom, there it is. And th- they're hurting. So some analysts are calling it an underperform, saying recent price moves by Verizon, AT&T, and, M- and Sprint PCS, uh, Metro PCS, I'm sorry, suggest that risks are now more on the down side. So Sprint did a good thing by slashing prices. But then Verizon, AT&T, and Metro PCS also slash prices. Sprint's struggling. They just don't have the product that we want, and they don't have the network that we want. Notice how Verizon and AT&T do commercials on each other. Our 4G network's better than their 4G network. Our 3G network's better than their 3G network. Our two applications are working one time. Our map is better than our map. It's annoying, right? They don't even mention Sprint. Sprint's not an ugly, red-headed stepchild. They're just ignored. That's how weak competition they are. Now, Credit Suisse today upgraded McDonald's to outperform. They raised their price target to 71 bucks. They see several potential drivers of estimate increases, particularly in some more opaque international businesses. They believe sentiment's going to improve with a corresponding upside in headline metrics. That's a lot to mouthful. So they see some opaque international businesses. What's that mean? Does that mean Middle East is going to do well? Like we don't think about the Middle East? Maybe. They think sentiment. Right now, people are like, ooh, it's fairly valued. They think people will go, ooh, they're growing their top line, bottom line, revenue, earnings. Sweet, 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 sweet. They're selling more nuggets, more nuggets, more nuggets. So they think that some of the metrics may get us from saying overvalued to, 
deserves to be overvalued. That's what that commentary is all about. Teaching how to read commentary. 800 345 Let's go to Mark San Jose. Mark, how are you? Mark! I'm coming to your house, Mark. Mark! Hi, hello? Hi, how are you? Hey, Rob. How's it going? Good. Hi, um, I got a question for you. Uh, you always talk about it's not worth paying off your home. I have a home. I'm 32 years old, and I just started my 30-year term about two years ago. So it's at 5%, and I'm just wondering, should I continue trying to pay it off? You know, you could add on to the monthly payment. Or should I just take my money and move it somewhere else? Or what do you think? I think you're way too young to pay off a home. I think it makes no sense for you to pay off a home. I think every reason that you think about paying off a home is a good idea, is a myth that was contained by your parents and passed on to you. I don't think you've ever looked at the financials of it. I think you're just assuming. Um, Why do you want to pay off a home? Well, uh, you know, as I get older, you know, I I don't want to be, I like the barrier and I'm thinking about, well, where do I want to be? And of course, I'm too young to kind of figure out where I'm going to be at. But if I'm going to be in the Bay Area, I don't want to be paying high rent or, you know, I I just want to be living without any kind of... Okay, I'm not not telling you not to pay your mortgage. I'm saying don't pay it off. Big difference, right? Right. So I like a mortgage for obvious reasons. It's cheap money and it's someone else's money. Right. And I'm locked into year one. You know, I've paid a mortgage in April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December. So what is that? I've paid seven. I've paid 10 payments. Um, Not more, not less. Because I've only paid 10, I've been also able to max out my 401k. I've been able to budget for a trip to Mexico. I'm not putting it all into my home. Putting it all into your home creates a huge liability, Mark. First and foremost, once you get over that $500,000, you are going to get taxed at 30 35% on, on that money. That's a pretty big tax when it comes time to sell it because you're going to have that you know the capital appreciation tax that you're going to be hit with. Right now, capital appreciation tax is pretty low. Um, on top of it, your mortgage is at 5%, right? Is that what you said? That's correct. That's right. So you deduct interest, so it comes down to about 4%. Um, it's also tax-favored, for instance... Um, your money that you're putting into your 401k is going to come out of your tax income. The money that comes out of your home later on is going to be capital appreciation, which is at a higher tax bracket. You understand that, right? Right. So okay. now you understand that any money that you put in your home, you save on interest, right? That's the big draw to you, right? You right. pay it off early. You don't have to pay hundreds and hundreds and thousands of dollars in interest. So that saves you about 15%. So every dollar that you put in, you save about 15%. I could show you the math on it if you want me to. But for every dollar that you put into a different asset, it can earn you up to 40%. So you're saying, I want to save money versus I want to earn money. And Mark, you may be financially retarded. You may have no, you don't know the difference between a large cap stock and an international stock. You don't know the difference between a small cap stock, a growth stock, a value stock. In case you may want to pay off your home because you're too foolish to learn that there's other opportunities that are going to give you greater rates of return. It's going to give you more liquidity. That's going to cut your risk down to that asset lower. Anything that you pay off into your home is going to lose 2 to 4% to inflation. You deal with dollars in your life. You're an American. You live in America, so you deal with dollars. You prepay your mortgage. You prepay it in dollars. So inflation averages 2 to 4% in our lifetime. The last 40 years that I've been alive, 2 to 4%. So, and again, the simple way of looking at it was cars 40 years ago cost $5,000. 
Cars today cost forty to fifty thousand dollars. You could see that. Whoa, my dollar didn't go very far for me. So thirty years ago, if I was paying off my mortgage, I was losing out on my ability to pay for a car. I was losing out my ability to pay for a home in the future. So, because um, you have to earn that money. And again, if you pay off your home, it just sits there and does nothing. Your home's going to go up or down in value with or without it. Now, I'm not saying don't pay off your mortgage, Mark. I'm saying don't prepay it. It's a huge, huge difference. Yeah, you're probably, you. You're you're right. I mean, I am retarded. I don't know too much about like where else I could do with my money. That's why I'm asking. Should I just dump it in because I really don't know what I'm doing with my cash. I I have it in some CDs and stuff, but then, you know, what is that like two percent or something like that? What? Yeah. No. What I would recommend you do is there's a good book called The New Rules About Money. It's by a guy named Rick Edelman, last name E D E L M A N. He's on Oprah's show. He has a financial radio show. I'm just saying that his book's easy as pie to read. He typically averages three pages per um, uh, chapter. There's 88 chapters. I think you read that book and you've got a 12th grade education in money, which is all you need to succeed. Um, you'll be smarter than most stockbrokers. You'll be smarter than most investment advisors. It's sad and pathetic. It's true. Um, it's not that hard. Money's not that intimidating. You just got to learn some of the basics. And thanks for the call, Mark. Yeah, that's all right. Thanks a lot. And good luck. And remember, you're young and you're beautiful. Um, right now, instead of prepaying your mortgage, get disability insurance. Biggest thing you have going for you right now is not that you could seduce women. It's that you can work for the next 30 years and have a huge nest egg. Go to Jerry in Sebastopol. Jerry. Hey, Ron. Hey, Jerry. Um, I'm uh, 58. I've uh, been out of work since uh, April. Um, starting to draw down my uh, my savings, and I'm trying to figure out what to do should I not find something suitable in the near future. You've been unemployed I've, for uh, about 11 months. Are you, have you been collecting unemployment and all that? Yep. Okay. What's that process like? I've never done it. It's, it's not too bad, uh, as long as you don't um, do anything out of the ordinary. I mean, I... Uh, if you uh, if you uh, I worked for a couple of weeks and it just threw them into a tizzy and it took them a while to get it all straightened out. So otherwise, that you know, you just you just fill out the paperwork, you send it in every two weeks. They send you a check and uh, and it's not too bad. Okay. So, um, so what's your question? So well, I've got um, um, in order to, to to keep myself afloat here and and pay my expenses and stuff, I do have. Um, an IRA that I've got some money sitting in, and uh, wondering, uh, you know, you know, is it really? Does it make sense for me to to touch that thing? And you know, I know I'm going to have to pay some penalties if I do, but um, you know, what do I? Any any thoughts on that? Um, you're going to pay penalties on it, and then you're not going to have money when you're 70 years old. So I'd prefer you don't do it, Jerry. I would consider leaving the state and going to where jobs are. Um, if there's jobs that you have that are in other cities, um, I do television and radio in the Bay Area. I do some, some consulting as well. If I were to get fired by Clear Channel tomorrow or not get a contract at the end of January, I'm moving. I mean, there's nothing yeah. that's going to keep me here. I'm not going to wait 10 months to figure it out. Um, I don't want to do radio and TV till the day I die. I have no desire. I'm going to go to a state that's a little bit more favorable, and I could be the king of Denver financial radio. I could I could dominate it. Um, I know that. So I might go to Denver and go do a Rocky Mountain High and do a little skiing. So I would strongly consider moving before tapping that, that IRA. 
Yeah, I'd, I'd really, uh, I've got some family ties here that are going to make that kind of difficult. Cut, fam- uh, cut family or move in with them? <laughs> you, think I'm ki- you think I'm kidding? When you're 70 and they're dead, you're going to have no food. You're going to have no money for, you know, going on vacation. You're going to spend all of your nest egg now just so you can stick close to your family. Screw them. Get Skype and, and talk to them on the, on the uh, computer. Yeah, maybe I'll maybe that's what I'll do then. I know that's horrible, horrible, horribly honest of me, Jerry. But if you can't get a job, I mean, even consider working at Home Depot. Cut the cash flow if you're going to stay in California, because I don't see the job market coming back till 2012. So I think you got another 12 months minimum um, before finding something, unless there's something unique and special about you that I don't know. Thanks for the call. Eight hundred three four five five six three nine. It's eight hundred three four five five six three nine. It's Rob Black Show. Nine ten a.m. More stimulating talk. Noon, Glenn Beck. Now, Rob Black. 9 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. Show, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. 25 minutes left in the show. I've been doing a super secret podcast. You can find it at talk910.com. I've reintroduced it. It's crazy stocks. It's like it's like Martin Lawrence crazy. Remember Martin Lawrence? Um, there was comedians like Eddie Murphy who were kind of soft R-rated. There was comedians like Richard Pryor who was PG-13, Bill Cosby who was G. Martin Lawrence really took it a little step too far, and um, well, I got a podcast at talk910.com, talk910.com, called the Super Secret, Not So Secret Podcast, and it's it's crazy stocks. It's crazy stuff. It shows you the stuff that I, I don't find suitable for air. In the world of investing, I never want to hurt you. I never want to do it. It would make me cry if I hurt you. I try not to. That's why at times I, I can't give specific advice. I can't tell you exactly what I'm doing because you're not a white puffy guy. You don't have all the money in the world. You don't have, like, honestly, Clear Channel could fire me tomorrow and I'm okay. Like, my job ain't the biggest thing in the world to me. It's not. I got other priorities. So, tend not to say do what I do. I say tend to learn how to do it on your own. Um, and that's one thing that I hate about Jim Cramer. You know, when he gives a buy on Quest... There's 20-year-olds, there's 60-year-olds, there's 80-year-olds, there's 40-year-olds, there's married, there's not married, there's financially wealthy, there's financially dependent. It's bad advice. So that man must be stopped. He's evil. Let's go to Freddie in Walnut Creek. Hey, good morning, Rob. Morning, Freddie. How are you? Hey, I first want to start off saying that uh, it's amazing how your mind works and your varied uh, myriad ability to think in so many ways. So I want to give you uh, kudos on that. Do I ever offend you, Freddie? Uh, sometimes. Really? Like, what would be offensive to you? What would be something where you're like, he really shouldn't have said that? I wish he would not have said that because it's too vulgar or too profound or, or too too much for me. Uh, I don't know. It's hard to explain, to be honest. Uh, but uh, I think with time, you probably just you'll probably get better. I, I've been doing it 15 years. I'm not going to get any better. I would say I've degraded to the point that I have no internal editor at this point in time. And that's what's unique. Like when you listen to every other radio show, 
They've got internal editors. They don't say what's obvious. Oh, well, maybe you're in a hiatus of sorts. I'm in a hiatus? Well, and in, in from, from your normal way of the way you think you should be. Okay, okay. So, uh, Psychologically speaking. I have no clue what you're talking about at this point. You've lost me. Okay, my question is, uh, who's uh, that AT&T, Verizon fight over uh, the coverage, the 3G? Uh, who's telling the truth? I think they both are. I think they're both misleading with facts. So I think, um, you know, AT&T phones, iPhones, let you do different things than what you can do on Verizon's network. Verizon, for me and for everyone who travels the Bay Area... They know that Verizon is a little bit more reliable than AT&T, but AT&T is doing the best they can to address that. Um, I've got a business friend in Marin that he hates his AT&T service, but he loves his iPhone, whereas I hate my Palm phone, but I love my Verizon network. Um, I wouldn't even consider being caught dead with Sprint. So I think they both have something to offer. Again, I think it depends on what you're really looking for. And, um, you know, I think as we get into more services like 4G, which are better technologies, I think you're going to see that they're scalable and slowly but surely uh, AT&T should catch up. Uh, Verizon was just more aggressive with their rollout of equipment. Um, AT&T should be able to catch them. It's not that much of a rocket science. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Rez and Tiburon. How are you, Rez? Rob. Rez. How you doing, my friend? Good, my Middle Eastern friend. <laughs> you know, man, you got to get a, you got to get advice about, uh, about, what offends you from uh, from someone's got an IQ over 100? But uh, listen, I, I think you're fine. I think you're just a little bit debauched, like like me and most of us out there. And uh, your show is uh, has got a little bit of edge to it, and that's good. It keeps uh, keeps us on our toes. So you're kind of saying I'm kind of like a Viking. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe... Uh, or a raider. You think I'm more of a raider than a 49er? I'm more like uh, Caligula, but a little bit less. Uh. <laughs> Did you ever see Caligula? Yeah, I mean, that's okay. You know, uh, like I said, you're you're a little bit debauched, and that's cool. You know, uh, <clears throat> it's a good concept for you. It works for you. You know what's the truth of the matter is, is that I was raised kind of sexually repressed, Catholic. Right. Um... I don't think I'm really that much like Caligula. I mean, Caligula yeah. did things with horses. No, no, I can't no, do I'm, stuff with horses. I, you know, I was just being over this. You're not. You're nothing like that, man. So you're, uh, you're a good man, Rob, and you give good advice. And no, actually, I, I, I do agree with that caller on a lot of things. Um, your mind does work in a lot of lot of ways, and. Uh, you can talk about this, and you can talk about that. You you know, you're very knowledgeable in a lot of different things. And, now, uh, now you're just puffing air up my butt. No, no, but, but you you know, you mentioned that, hey, I don't get a lot of calls. And, and the fact of the matter is, Rob, is that most people don't call in the shows when they when they agree with a host. They only call in when they don't, dis- when they disagree. And, debauchery, uh, just, Rez, let me stop you for a second. Debauchery is an indulgent in sensual pleasures or scandalous activities involving sex, alcohol, drugs, without inhibition. Yeah. I didn't have a beer till I was 21. Oh, me neither. So, then I turned like 25 and I was like, with a girlfriend, I'm like, you know what? Screw the shirt. Walk around naked. 
She's like, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen because most guys try to hide and cover up and things like that. And I quickly learned, like, eh, we're going to be dead in 75 years. We're just going to be dust. So just be who you are. And if they laugh at you, they laugh at you. Let them laugh. Sometimes you take a pie in the face, Rez, and sometimes you're hip deep in pie. And I love pie. It's my favorite uh, phrase of all time. You and me both like pie, but <laughs> What type of pie do you like, Rez? Um, I'm not sure I'm allowed to uh, say it on the radio. Okay, good. Don't, don't, but, don't. Uh, might get you into some trouble. With pie, do you like to eat bear claws? Huh? With pies, do you like to eat bear claws? Uh, no, I'm done with bears. <laughs> you know, I told you I know how bears are, and uh, I, I'm not messing with any kind of bears. I like I like uh, softer animals, more like kitty cats. Kitty cats. Rez, <laughs> if you're on medical marijuana, you got to cut me some of that because you're paying for the good stuff. Thanks for the call. 800 345 Five six three nine to get your calls in the air. It's eight hundred three four five five six three nine. No one has to come to my defense. No one has to support me or say nice things to me. I'd prefer that you don't. Eight hundred three four five five six three nine to get your calls in the air. I am going to go dig up some content because for some reason the show just went terribly off the road. There feels like we hit a patch of ice. So you know what Jane says. Black, 9:10 a.m. More stimulating talk. got an ingredient called THC and it attaches receptors throughout the body in different parts of your brain like for instance in your hypothalamus it basically increases your appetite it governs metabolic your hypothalamus governs metabolic processes like appetite marijuana will impair your memory in the hippocampus it's a memory storage and recall so uh, it's got to play with emotions as well I don't know. I just wanted to say the word hypothalamus and hippocampus on air. It's like the the clouds. I always like talking clouds because it makes you sound intelligent. Sometimes, I don't know where I'm going. I think I just lost all my energy. I lost my will to live. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Let's go to um, Richard in Antioch. Richard? Hi, Rob. Hey, Richard. Uh, What's your opinion on REITs at this time? I'm a big fan of Vornado for the year. I think REITs differ like golden clay. That divide does not necessarily take away. I think you need to be very, very choosy with them. The I don't see a lot of negative catalysts as a group. I don't see a massive run. I think REITs can have a nice 5 to 10% return in principle this year as a group. Um, I would avoid names like Kimco. I would go after names like Equity Properties ticker symbol EQR. Um, there's one that I really like at these price levels. It's called Vornado. Um, and not because I can go Vornado, whoa, 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 but because of the business that they're in. Um, REITs are real estate investment trusts, and they differ. Like I said, like Golden Clay, there's mall REITs, there's apartment REITs, there's international REITs. 
Um, there's a lot of different types of REITs. So I think you have to be very, very careful on which ones you pick. Um, I think you want the right sector. I think you want the right, um, like, IE uh, value. How hard did it get hit? The harder it got hit, the happier you are. Because real estate investment trusts are tied towards commercial property. I don't think commercial property roars back. There's been a collapse in real estate, and it's caused cascades of misery with rents and cascades of misery with property values, cascade of misery with occupancy rates, you know, dropping amid huge problems with refinancing. So a lot of these REITs are debt-strapped. I think Vornado's is one of the few real estate investment trusts that can grow in the next year or two through both its existing portfolio and through acquisitions. Um I would be very careful on on indexes or mutual funds of REITs. Um, I do like international REITs, but one thing that I like about Vornado, for instance, they own property in Washington, D.C., where we're seeing New York City is losing jobs or losing rent to Washington, D.C. Now, they do own New York as well. They also own U.S. and Puerto Rico, and they own um, some you know merchandise places near Chicago, so... Um, I think the company should trade at a premium. I think it's trading at a value. I like the dividend. I like the cash flow. Uh, what are you interested in in the world of REITs? Um, I invested in um, some REITs uh, through an index um, with Vanguard um, back in April. And um, it's done really well. It's um, up, I think, about over 40% since that time. But um, seeing all these four lease signs all over the place, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if I got clobbered next month. So I was kind of, you know, wondering how stable that fund is. I'm going to go to a commercial real estate um, conference tomorrow night. I'm actually on a panel, and I'm going to listen to a lot of experts who are a lot smarter than I am at commercial real estate. I'll give some of my obvious um, angles on real estate and uh, delinquency issues. But I'll give you a better update probably Thursday morning on the Bay Area real estate commercial-wise. But again, like I said, um, I think picking the right sector as well as picking the right city for exposure is important. So I, I, I do not feel terribly confident on Bay Area commercial real estate. Uh-huh. Okay. So, thanks thank- for the information. I love your show. You're very kind. You're very kind. So I gave you a little Vornado. That's another stock that I like for the year 2010. Yesterday I gave you one. Tomorrow I'll give you one. I know you're saying, which one was it yesterday? Which one was it yesterday? Well, now you're going to have to go back and listen to the show to figure out what it is. How can you go back and listen to the show? Time travel. If you could figure it out, let me know, because we will make a ton of money. Time travel. Um, 800-345-5639 to get your calls there. Or you can go to talk910.com, talk910.com, and listen to the show that way from yesterday. Um, Let's see what else is out there as far as big stories to end the show on. Give me a second, give me a second, give me a second. Cow dung. A plant can convert cow dung into energy for homes. Opened in Netherlands a couple weeks ago. Manure from cows at nearby dairy farms is going to be fermented along with grass and food industry residues and biogas released during the process will be used as a fuel for thermal plants, gas turbines. I don't think I'd want my house heated by cow dung. For some reason, I get the feeling that it would smell. It just kind of spooks me. Even though I have no reason to say that, I'm saying it. Jobless rate's going to stay above 8% until the year 2012. So says Reuters. Now, they actually are taking their numbers from the Congressional Budget Office. 8% is not a good unemployment number. 7%, 6%, you start getting a little bit more speculative. You start getting a little bit more upside to the economy. 8% is not good. So I'm not seeing a roar in 2012. 
Obama Mia. Here we go again. 2012 is big because will Obama get reelected in 2012? 8% tells me he's not. Now, I know you're saying, well, it depends. Is he going to be running up against uh, Sarah Palin? Then, of course, he's going to get reelected. I don't know. But I can tell you, Democrats are facing a loss of a Kennedy seat, which is unheard of. I'm going to go home tonight, sit down on my couch, eat some corn chips, watch a little hockey, and see what happened in the world state of Massachusetts today. Democrats, they're mobilized by the prospect of conceding a Senate seat, which would basically ruin a, a Democrat-controlled Congress. It would basically throw in some uh, filibusters, some more argument. Like right now, the Democrats, this is sad and this is pathetic. And again, trust me, Bush pushed through whatever the hell he wanted to push through. How he did it is amazing. But the Democrats are pushing through health care behind closed doors, and it's bad. And I'm not saying that because I'm not saying that because I'm a Democrat or I'm not saying that because I'm a Republican. I'm not. I hate all politicians. My ideal government, and this is how sad and how jaded I am, is gridlock. I think the United States sucked under uh, Clinton during his first two years. But as soon as the Republican Congress got in, suddenly the two of them couldn't really do anything. They got gridlock. Democrats couldn't get through their measures. Republicans couldn't get through their measures unheard of. So they kind of compromised. Instead of getting any one way, way left or way right, they compromised. I like gridlock. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, tomorrow morning, if we come to uh, come to work, I was going to say come to school. <laughs> That's dating me. Tomorrow morning when we show up for school, if we find out that Martha Coakley, the state attorney from Massachusetts, if she wins, we're going to have a brutal day on Wall Street tomorrow. In large part, we're having a glorious day today because healthcare stocks are rocking and rolling. It's something I've been talking about on the show for 10 months now, that politics runs into Main Street. Main Street runs into the economy. And you can't, you, you can't ignore either the economy. On one level, you have to know what unemployment numbers mean. Unemployment numbers at 12%. You've got to know that's bad for the stock market. If you want to win in the stock market, you've got to know... Economics, which cover inflation and jobs and and GDP numbers. And then you also got to know a little bit of politics. So a little after that, a little maybe finance, but not much. I think you'd be surprised with how much you can get away with. AMD is getting a lot of love these days. Some analysts see it at 1250, 1250 a share. I throw that out there because this was a stock that was left for dead. It was an internet roadkill at two bucks not too long ago. Shows you that some things, sometimes they can turn around and again, I tend to say turnarounds don't turn around. I tend to hide on the Warren Buffett side of the fence. He says, turnarounds seldomly turn. Did I do the story the other day about Johnson & Johnson getting kickbacks? I did do that story. I thought that was a good story, but I won't do it again a second time. Um, I know I did this story yesterday on one of my favorite stocks for 2010. Qualcomm. Big bet on the Snapdragon. This is, they're getting a little bit more information out on it. Snapdragon is a chip that basically competes with Intel. Can you imagine? Qualcomm's in the position of flicking the finger at Intel and saying, you know what? We're going to sell our gear into a lot of devices this year, and we got better product than you do. Qualcomm plans to introduce faster versions to Snapdragon, almost closing the performance gap with some Intel processors. Analysts think that Apple, which now uses Samsung chips in its iPhone, may begin using Qualcomm chips in some devices. The last smartphone holdout, Apple, is going to embrace Qualcomm this year. So says some analysts. That could be a catalyst. Other names that could be winners with Intel not quite hitting a home run in devices is AMD, Marvel Tech, Freescale, and others. 
It's time for me to go. I think I'll be back tomorrow. I don't know. I don't know. So I'm going through a crisis mentally. 800-345. It's stormy outside. It's stormy in my head. It's Cotty with a chance of meatballs. No. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. I'm going to go kick Ron Owens and his doodads. That's what I'm going to do right now. 800-345-5639. It's Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.